With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. FC, who's from the, the Chelsea YouTube channel, the Blue Lions TV, probably uh, on a bit of form tonight, aren't you, um, <laughs> Nini, after your, your victory last night, how are you, pal? Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on, I mean, uh, looking forward to this, and yeah, I'm I'm just really still ecstatic from that goal Hazard scored, I mean, I think that's what made the difference for us in the end, of course. Uh, I think it was looking, I think Liverpool slightly had the edge on us a bit yesterday, but I think that once our, some of our best players came on, things started to become a bit more even. And I think then that's when Hazard really kicked into the game. Definitely, his, uh, his substitution was uh, was instrumental in that victory, I think. Right, OK. And uh, also joining us tonight, once again, we have Jay Riley. Jay is uh, a regular now with us on the on the cop table. Also uh, does the Radio City Fran, Fan Friday talk show. Uh, also does a little bit of writing for the Liverpool Echo. Uh, and you can get them on Twitter at the Cop HQ. So, thanks very much for coming on, Jay. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, lads. You know, I'm a bit disappointed with uh, last night's game. The loser at the end, a bit of a sucker punch, wasn't it? But, you know, all the system's going out for Saturday and let's try and redeem ourselves. Yeah, I'm going to start off uh, with yourself, Jay, with the with the first question. Obviously, we're going to go back to last night's game against uh, Chelsea, a 2-1 victory to Chelsea, which saw us um, exit the Carabao. League Cup. Um, what did you make of the, the performance as a as a whole last night, Jay? To be honest, I, I thought it in the first half we struggled at times. I mean, it was it was more about the midfield supremacy really, and I thought Chelsea dominated the middle of the park with Fabregas when he got on the ball. We just couldn't really get near him, and like the Barkley and Williams seemed to have loads of space. And you know, I I think when you make that many changes, I mean, albeit Chelsea made seven or eight changes themselves as well. It's bound to be a little bit disjointed, isn't it? And you know, when you look at Liverpool's back five, if you like, if you include Mignolet as well, it doesn't fill you with great optimism, does it? I mean, you've got Matip and Lovren both centre half, and to me, I don't think either of them are very good. And like Tom and Tom are playing with each other, and you know, left back Moreno's absolutely brain dead, isn't he? You know, he just vacates his position, 
cuts inside, goes bombing on f- up front, and just hasn't got a clue where, where his where his man is. You know, Moses had the freedom of the part of me, especially in the first half, and it's embarrassing at times, really, for me. And you know, Klein's okay; he's a steady head. He's not a bad defender, but it's a bit of a nosebleed, doesn't he, when it comes to getting in the oppositions, you know, earlier and all that kind of with balls, and he just doesn't really like getting forward, does he? So. You know, we were a little bit limited, really, weren't we, in that area? And I think the team played 10 yards deeper last night, especially in the first half, as a say. Yeah. I thought we were a bit disappointed, really, and we struggled a little bit. But then, as, as the first half went on, we had a couple of chances towards mm. half time, didn't we? And, you know, Kaiser was unlucky with a shot that Caballero made a good save from, and then, you know, Sturridge had a couple of little opportunities, Shakiri as well. There was one chance where Manny should really have put Shakiri in, and just over it, the pass really a bit frustrating. But I thought Manny played quite well, to be honest, on the night. But, you know, second half, I mean, you know, Sturridge misses an absolute shitter, doesn't he? And yeah. He's through down to the goalkeeper, and it's on his weaker side. And it's just, I think he rushed it, didn't he? Because he didn't realise how much time he had to compose himself and slot it. And, you know, it's proved that his right foot's a bit of a swinger, really, isn't it? But... He did redeem himself because he scored a very good goal to give us the lead. Great finish, but it was just very frustrating, really. I mean, Hazard come on, didn't he? And ironically, when he came on, Liverpool scored basically straight away. And I thought, you know, that's a great time to score when their best players just come on. But, like I say, it just had that little feeling about it where Chelsea could get back into the game. And then, I must say, I thought the referee in last night's Kevin McFenney was an absolute disgrace. I mean, you know, in the first half, he set the tone, didn't he, when he booked Milner for just an innocuous challenge, really. He cut across the path of William, and it was a harsh booking. And prior to that, Kovacic and also um, Barkley should have went in the book. If he's going to book Milner for he should have really been booked for them for their challenges as well. But he let theirs go, and then, you know, the, the equalising goal that they got in the second half, I mean, the linesman's five yards away from the incident, and... You know, Moses just goes down and he, and he, he gives a throw in the linesman. And the referee's 30 yards away from the incident and he actually gives a free kick to Chelsea. Absolutely baffling. And then the ball comes into the box. And I mean, obviously, we were at the game, weren't we, last night? But, you know, yeah. by all accounts, when you look at the VAR, it looked like he was offside. So, I mean, you know, why, why isn't that being disallowed? It, just does, it doesn't make any sense to me. And, People are saying it's not VAR, it's the clowns that are in the background checking the VAR. That may well be the case, but you know, what's the point in having a system like that when it seems like it should have been disallowed and it's not being given because it's if in doubt they haven't given it. So you know, it left a little bit of a bit of taste because of that. But you know, when Hazard scores the goal that he did, sometimes you just have to stand up and you know, hold your hands up and accept that he's an absolute fantastic footballer, isn't he? And that goal was genuine world class. You can't take it away from it. It was a fantastic goal. People might say that the defender was poor for it, but you can pick holes in any goal that your team concedes, can't you really? Sometimes you've just got to hold your hands up, take it on the chin, accept it. And you know, a fantastic footballers who scored a wonder goal against us and it was enough for them to win the game. And you know, we're frustrated, but you know, we'll just move on to Saturday now. Yeah, it was a it was an exceptional finish, and like you say, just I was in the cop using the main stand, and the the original free kick when it was given, I just thought he'd give a throw in, and, and it was just like play on, and then next minute the ball's on the floor, and he's booking. I think it was Cater for the foul, so it it just see it, it didn't all add up, and then the the free kick was moved about four or five yards in front of where the actual 
Buffard was possibly more and like you say the controversy over the VAR and yeah, like you say Kevin Friend have, um, didn't have a very good game at all and there's previous with him with Liverpool he just doesn't seem to um, give us much but we, we can talk on, on and on about that all day and like you say we've just got to put that one to bed now and um, and move on to, to Saturday's you know what, game you know, you know the thing that wound me up as well though is the fact that he actually had a word with Milner because Milner was obviously captain last night before and he got taken off of Henderson. And Milner spoke to him and he, he obviously said to him, listen, you know, I'm refereeing. I, I'm the one who's making the decisions go away. And, and he's right. He's quite right in saying that. But I'm not being funny now. And it's all right saying, well, I'm the referee. I'm in charge. But do your job properly then? Because he, he certainly wasn't doing his job properly last night. And I, I think that it wouldn't be a bad idea, such a bad idea to introduce substitutions with referees as well those have someone <laughs> monitoring the performance and if they're not doing they're not basically performance at the levels that they should be and they're making really bad decisions then you know substitute the referee I know it might sound stupid but the facts are I thought it was a scandalous refereeing performance last night and you know there wasn't much between the two sides you know it was it was beastling for Liverpool against beastling for Chelsea but they were still fairly strong sides, weren't they? And there wasn't yeah. much to choose between us. Liverpool probably marginally were the better side, but you know, the facts are, if you've got a referee that's giving you absolutely nothing and he puts in a disgraceful performance like that, then it does leave a little bit of a bitter taste, doesn't it? Most definitely, yeah. And um, an interesting suggestion there about uh, substituting referees, which... Yeah, I may see that in the future, you never know, do you? Okay, then, uh, Nene, going to get over to yourself. Um, obviously, you watched the game last night. What yeah. did you make of the, the performance from uh, from your Chelsea side? Um, I think that it was uh, it was uh, definitely a learning experience. I think that, obviously, um, in the first half... I felt that Liverpool weren't really pressing as much. That's why we were able to keep possession so much in your half. And I think that, you know, that this mid-block that Klopp wanted to use to try and, you know, make it difficult to be played through, etc., etc. It was helping, but at the same time, you weren't able to do much. And then, you know, once Liverpool started to press high up the pitch and started to, you know, put pressure on our fullbacks, then they started to get more in the game. And, you know, you look at the stats, we had about 62% possession in the first half. When the game ends, Liverpool have 53%. So it really tells you how the, the dynamics of the game changed. And I think that um, it's the first time a team have really caused us some issues pressing us high. But I think that um, I am feeling optimistic for Saturday though, because, you know, when we've got uh, Jorginho back, Rudiger, David Luiz, Kepa, who's a very good ball-playing goalkeeper. I think that they're going to make us a bit more press resistance. So I think that we'll be able to play out from the back it won't be as difficult as it was for you know for these players yesterday, and I think because we'll be able to beat Liverpool's press, I think that that the the spaces between the lines, I've always felt that's where you know guys like Hazard and Willian and, and other players do well against Liverpool, and I think that that's going to continue again on Saturday. Yeah, just looking forward forward to the game. Do you think that the the win that you've got last night will have a positive impact for Chelsea going into the into the game? Um, on Saturday evening, yeah, I'm hundred percent. I think uh, you know, look at Eden Hazard. He just scored one of the one of his best goals uh, for a while. You saw his celebration afterwards. It was very emotional, very happy, and I think that he's going to really look forward to playing Liverpool again 
on Saturday, especially at home as well in the evening kickoff. So I think that, um, yeah, I think that we've got a small, a small advantage, I think, for Saturday. Yeah, I think I've read somewhere about Hazard and he said he, said he, he loves playing at Anfield and he loves playing against Liverpool mm-hmm. and he always seems to, to raise his game. It's, it's one of the ones he he looks out for and yeah. I think that's the, the key for, for Liverpool on, on Saturday um, evening. I think if we can we can get people around Hazard and, and keep him quiet, then that's half the battle because yeah. don't get me wrong, they've got other very good players in, in that Chelsea side, but I don't ever jail agree with me. But if you can keep Hazard to a minimum then then you can do something against this um, Chelsea team obviously it's there's a new manager there's a there's a few new players which are still settling in Jorginho and always he's coming for a little bit of criticism about his his side his passing but he doesn't seem to give the ball away much he looks like he's still still bedding in um, one or two others as well Murat has been in and out of form yeah Barbie, another one so is that something that you'd agree with Jay that if we can keep Hazard Quiet if you like it. We, we can get something down at the bridge on um, Saturday. Yeah, it goes without saying, doesn't that? Hazard's Chelsea's best player. I said before, didn't I, about last night's game? You know, when he came on, he's obviously the best player. Liverpool scored straight away, so it was a great time to score. But you know, as, as the game panned out, it didn't matter in the end because they ended up beating us two one. But like I say, yeah, he, he is the man, isn't he? To me. I mean, a few people were saying about Carragher's commentary last night that he was praising Hazard a little bit over the top. Uh, praise saying he, he's the best player in the Premier League, he was the best player at the World Cup. And I, I disagree with him to an extent, but I do think on his day when he's on it, he arguably is the best player in the Premier League. Like He's fantastic, but the thing is he's been quite inconsistent at times and I do think that's partly the reason why the likes of Barcelona and Real Madrid haven't actually come in to try and sign him they may they might have tested the waters but obviously Chelsea won astronomical amounts of money for him and they've probably been scared off by it, the fact that he is a little bit inconsistent I mean you only have to look at the last couple of seasons Salah was the best player last season mainly because he scored so many goals and it was his first season in the Premier League you know for Liverpool and he was fantastic and season before that I think De Bruyne get it or he's always up there he's one of the best players De Bruyne anyway isn't he so but when you're analysing it's like they're the type of players that he's compatible to and he arguably is the best on his day he's fantastic and that goal was sensational I wouldn't have gone as far as to say he was the best player in the World Cup though with what Carragher said but you know that said he was one of the better players at the World Cup and Belgium did get to the semi-final didn't he and ended up coming third because he won that third fourth playoffs against England. So, you know, he is a top draw player, there's no two ways about it. And if we can keep him quiet on Saturday, then yeah, you've got half a chance of, of getting a the result there and getting a victory really. And well it's easier said than done, isn't it? Because we all know when he's on it, he's fantastic and he recently scored a hat-trick, didn't he? For Chelsea as well. So, you know, like I say, he's definitely in form at the moment and he's one that we've gone on after trying to contain at Stamford Bridge on Saturday evening if you want to get a result. Great stuff. Cheers, Jay. OK, then back over to you, Nini. Obviously, um, after the game last night, do you think that uh, your manager, Sari, will have learned much about Liverpool's style of, game, style of play from, from this cup game, or do you think it's going to be totally different come, come Saturday? Because obviously the, the personnel is going to change one or two little um, changes in position as well. But what's your thoughts on... Um, Sari's um, thoughts on Liverpool style of play? Um, I think with Sari, I think the guy is a very meticulous coach. So he spends a lot of time 
analysing opposition teams. That's one thing he was really known for in Italy. And I think that um, he definitely understands who, who Klopp is, obviously, and, um, and how Liverpool play. So um, I think that I don't think he will change. I don't think he'll make anything different for the game on Saturday. But I think that, um, you know, he'll make some, uh, he'll swap some players out. You know, the big guys will come back, like Luis, Rudiger, and Kepa, for example. And I think that um, he'll probably see, he would have noticed some of the weak areas. He could have attacked Liverpool down. And I think that um yeah the 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 spaces between the lines is that area we were having quite a lot of uh, affecting throughout the game. So I think that Sari is going to encourage something like that, and I think you'll feel more confident now that you know the team on Saturday will be much better at playing out from the back compared to yesterday's team. Cheers, Nini. Okay then, back over to yourself, Jay. Um, gonna talk a little bit about the the starting lineup. What do you think? And think Klopp's gonna make. Obviously, the back five's going to change, isn't it? But I think for me, it's it's the midfield positions once again where where Liverpool, uh, where you can't really second guess what Klopp's going to do. Obviously, the front three picks themselves, doesn't he? So it's, it's the midfield again for me, um, where you can debate who, who's going to play. So what's what's the line up for yourself, Jake? Well, yeah, I mean the, the the whole of the back five. You know, obviously the two centre halves. The fullbacks and the goalkeeper situation—that's that's 100 percent going to change because you know that was certainly our second-string defensive unit last night. And Mignolet, as we all know, has never been good enough, and he's obviously not good enough now either. But I don't think he had the worst game in the world. It's just he's terrible with the ball at his feet, isn't he? His distribution's awful and doesn't command his box at all. Does he? Made a couple of good saves, but he's simply not good enough. So. You know, it'd be great to get Arsenal back between the sticks and you know, Van Dijk's the main man, isn't he? He's, he's like, as we keep saying time and time again, he's like a Rolls Royce, isn't he, of a centre-half. Unbelievable leadership qualities and everyone around him, he improved them no end. I mean, the likes of Lovren and Matip, you know, whoever partners him, and obviously Joe Gomez has been doing it more often this season. They've all come on leaps and bounds, but then alongside Virgil Van Dijk, he is simply that good, so... You know, to have him back in the starting line a massive boost as well. Then, of course, the fullbacks, which is huge to the way Liverpool play, to the way we perform, the way the system works. Because, you know, as I said about Klein, he's not a bad defender, but he gets a nosebleed when he gets to the opposition's area of the field. And you know, Moreno, as we know, is brain dead. So, you know, when you've got Andy Robertson coming in, you've got Alexander Arnold who, you know, people will question he's not great defensively either, but yeah, that's good balance to the team. His link plays good on that right hand side. Salah, that you sort of like know each other's role, even though he's only 19 years of age. He's so much better than Klein at, at fullback, and it's remarkable, really, because I've always said I don't think that's where his future lies. I think he's going to be a midfield player, but you know, when you've, when you've got the choice between him and Nathaniel Klein, I think nine times out of ten, you're going to say you'd rather have sent Alexander Arnold playing there. So that tells you that all you need to know, really, a 19-year-old kid is better than Klein in that for that role. Um, but midfield is, a, is an issue. I mean, obviously last night we had a few changes. Then Mishpikiri and Sturridge started with Mane. On on Saturday, it'll obviously be Firmino back in the starting lineup. I mean, well, we need him lead from the front, aren't we? Impressing like they, you know, it's interesting like what the Chelsea lads just said there about Chelsea being able to play, you know, bring the ball out of defence and play from the back on Saturday more so than they did in the, in the Caribou Cup game. Well, you know, the thing is, we're going to have Firmino starting in, in this game mm-hmm. on Saturday. Yeah. 
so he doesn't give centre half a moment's peace, does mm-hmm. So that's important to get him back in the starting lineup. Salah will obviously start as well. So the, the main part to it is the midfield area because I think Chelsea are really strong in the middle of the park. Obviously, George you know, keeps the ball really well. Pass, 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 you know, his passing accuracy is incredible, really. Um, you've got Canty, full of energy, gets down the pitch. Yes. You know, great, great firefighter, you know, bites into tackles, but he's in the right place, right time, doesn't give you the chance, doesn't give you the time, a moment's piece on the ball. So, you know, it's important that people pick a strong team in the middle of the park on Saturday. And I think Ryan Alden's got to come in because sometimes people say that he goes missing in away games, but he's certainly improved this season. He's had a very yeah. good start of the season and he's got high energy levels. Mm. He gets on the pits really well and gets up and down really well. He can go left, he can go right and he, he, he's very good he, you know, at doing that type of stuff. So I think it's important that Ryan Alden comes back into the sides. And then it's interesting other than that because, I mean, Milan they played, played, you know, obviously a half didn't he last night, you know, got brought off early in the second half. Henderson come on and didn't play too long, did he? Maybe 25 minutes, half an hour. So it's interesting what he goes with. I mean, he may well go with both of them. It just depends whether or not he's just catering there. I don't think Fabinho's got a chance to start. Yeah. I think it's just a toss-up really between whether it's you know, Henderson, Middlenet or Keita, you know, for the other roles and, and like the say, it's hard to second guess Klopp, isn't it? Because, I mean, it was interesting, after, uh, you know, the after-match press conference and he seems, he, he, was, he, was, he was a bit down because we've gone out of the cup and it's a chance to win a trophy but he also seemed a little bit upbeat in the fact that he noticed like little things in the game where I think it's given him an idea of how to play and to set up against Chelsea on Saturday at Stamford Bridge. So I think he's, he's licking his lips a little bit, but he's got something in his mind where he knows what type of team he's going to go for and he's confident that we'll be able to get a result there. So, you know, as I say, there's no point in second-guessing him. We, we all know that the back five is going to be different. We all know what the front three is and Liverpool's main issues are in the midfield area. So, you know, it's, it's entirely up to whatever cops he's fit to choose. We're all going to be happy to go with that and let's hope it's good enough to get the deep points on Saturday. Yeah, just just going back to one thing there that you mentioned, Jay, about um, Trent's future. You, you and a lot of people who it was me to see his future in the in the midfield. But personally, I don't see that. You know, I think he, he's he's suited to that right hand side. He's he's played there right the way through the academy from from under sixes. He, he's always played on that right hand side, whether it's a right wing or or a right fullback. And I just think if you put him in, in the centre, you're taking away that, that crossing that he's got and that it's lethal at times, isn't it? So, um, is that is that a genuine thing for you that he will be in the midfield in the future? You know what, you make, good, you make really good points about the fact that all throughout the academy and when he's, he's been a kid growing up and that he's always played on the right-hand side, I think, whether it be right midfield or he's been right back and... He has got good delivery. I mean, he's been a little bit frustrating this season because we all know what he's capable of and we all know he's he's very good with like his delivery, he's good set pieces and what have you, corners, free kicks. But he's been a little bit it's been a bit off this season so far. Some of his delivery's been quite poor really. Um and, and obviously he's only a young boy, so you're not gonna criticise him too much because he's always hundred percent at every single game, isn't he? So that's in the right place and what have you. And, as I said before, you'd much rather have him playing than the Cavani Klein. But I don't know, it's just 
it's the vibe that you get. You know, I speak to a few lads who, who worked at the academy and what have you, and being coaches there, and you know, like obviously scouts as well. And everyone just seems to think that that's the natural progression and the natural role that he'll he'll fulfil eventually. He's only nineteen, don't forget. Eventually, he's going to be a central midfield player, but. I suppose, really, there's no major signs that, that that's going to be the case because he is more suited to playing on the right-hand side, isn't he? And as you say, you know, he's good delivered at the ball, isn't he, normally? So, you know, it will take away that that edge to his game, if you like, because if he's playing more central, not going to really be getting into the positions, is he, to deliver the ball from the right-hand side and whip balls in. So, yeah, it's an interesting one, but I do think it's still a little bit up in the air where he's the role that he's going to actually settle down and, and be. Because if you look back to when Gerard started out as well and Jamie Carragher, when Jamie Carragher, when I knew him as a kid, Jamie Carragher played centre forward, believe it or not. And then obviously when he first broke into Liverpool side, he was centre midfield, and then he played full back for us, left back, right back, and then he settled on the centre half position and, and what a centre half he was. And it's a bit like Gerrard. I mean, Steven Gerrard was always a, a central midfield player, really. But when he first broke into the Liverpool team, at the time, he was playing full-back and playing right-back and what have you. And, you know, eventually he had that fantastic season, didn't he, where he, he played in behind Fernando Torres as, like, a number 10, if you like, and scored a lot of goals. And he also had one season where he played right-wing, when no one to Rafford as well. And I think he got about 24 goals that season from the right, right midfield. So... You know, Gerard always had great delivery, didn't he, as well? And then he ends up playing central midfield. So, I, I don't know, it's it's early days with him. You know, when you're that young, you know, the world's your oyster, really, isn't it? And because he's got many good attributes to his game, you just don't really know yet, do you? Because it's just where something will click for him one day, and whether it is to stay right back, or whether it's to go right midfield, or whether it's to play central midfield, I don't know. But, you know, I think because he's such a young kid and he's got the world on his feet, if you like. I think it's still up in the air where his future lies. Excellent stuff, great, great points there, Jay. Right, okay, then back over to, uh, to yourself then, Needy. We're going to look at the at the Chelsea line-up going into uh, to the game on Saturday. Who do you see um, replacing the, the lads that started in, in the League Cup game? Watch, watch your start the level, please. Yeah, um, it's going to be pretty easy for us because Sari tends to use the same first team, so Kepa and goal. Um, Rudiger, Luis back in defence. Alonso probably playing on the left. But actually, I think they're saying with Rudiger that he might he might not make it in time for that game. So it's going to be interesting whether Cahill or Christensen might continue. I know Christensen had an illness against Liverpool. Maybe he's not going to be fit enough. So there's a possibility yeah, that Cahill... Yeah, he did, he did. So Cahill could potentially play alongside Luis. Uh, I think um, uh, Jorginho back in midfields. Uh, obviously can say starting the game with uh, Kovacic as well and then Hazard uh, William it's looking like and uh, I don't know between Morata and Giroud I th- it's a hard thing I think um, with Giroud even though he's great at linking up the play and I think that's really his, his only benefit to us right now you know he's able to link up the play he can do layoffs with Hazard and I think when Hazard plays with Giroud he just scores more but then I'm looking at the game against Liverpool. I'm looking at Van Dijk. Giroud doesn't like to move around. If you're a strong centre-half, and especially if you're a very skilled one as well, you can easily just mark uh, Giroud out of the game. And I'm thinking, if, if uh, Van Dijk's all over Giroud, is he, is, are the attacks going to break down then? So maybe Morata might be good because at least he can 
potentially run between them or something. But even then, Morata can't even keep hold of the ball. So uh, it's a bit of a dilemma for us up front. But I'm thinking that Sarri is going to go with Giroud purely because he didn't play against you guys yesterday. So I think that's going to be the team uh, for Saturday. Excellent stuff. Cheers, Nini. Right, okay, what we do um, on each show is we uh, we do a score prediction and then yeah. we give our reasons for them and then we just play it um, music by uh, an unsigned band or, or an artist um, who get in touch with us on, on the Twitter pages. Okay. Yeah. Starting off um, with yourself then, Nini, give us, um, give us a, a score prediction and your reasons uh, for them, mm. Well, I'll let you guys know this. When I, did, when I did my match preview on my YouTube channel, I actually said we were going to win 2-1 and Hazard would score. So right. I was, I got that right. You know what? I'm going to be ambitious. I'm going to go for 3-1 on Saturday. 3-1, 3-1 win. Basically, I'm thinking, um, I think we're going to ha- find it not easier, but I think... We'll be able to play out from the back. Yeah, I know Firmino is going to be playing there as well, but I think that anytime Liverpool play against teams that like to keep possession, they prefer to play on the counter attack, which obviously makes more sense. If, you know, you can hit balls in the channel to Mane and Salah and all those guys. But I think that you know, with us playing at home, the players being pumped for it, Hazard on top form as well. I think Hazard is going to be key uh, to the win, and I'm and I'm thinking whoever gets the early goal is going to get the advantage. Uh, in, in the game on Saturday so that's why I'm going for 3-1 3-1 for you you Nini sorry yeah um, come on Jay it is with your predictions for this one please right well you know I, I've been saying haven't I pretty much all season that you know when you like now this Liverpool team there's just something different about us now where you just go into every single game whether it be at Anfield, whether it be away from home, whether it be in Europe, whether it be against the top teams, you know, going playing Man City, playing Tottenham, Chelsea, Man United, whatever, you're confident, aren't you, that you can go anywhere and get results? And it did say, you know, obviously when we played Tottenham recently as well, you know, people were saying that a draw would have been a decent result for Liverpool, all things considered, because you know the basis of if you win your own games against the top teams. And you, you know, put a point good enough away from home against them. Now, I, I think this Chelsea team, they are still in transition a little bit. They've obviously got a new manager who's doing really well. But I do look at who they've played so far, and then you can't read too much into last night's game for me because there were so many changes for Liverpool as well as Chelsea, and you know, it was a little bit disjointed at times, wasn't it? And we've already touched on the team that we expect to play, and it's going to be. A lot of changes. The whole of our defence is going to be changed. We're going to have different goal keeper between the sticks. The front three are going to be playing, and and we let's be truthful about it. Liverpool haven't really got going yet. I mean, we played quite well in patches against Tottenham away. We played quite well in patches against Paris Saint Germain in the Champions League. But our front three haven't clicked yet, and sooner or later they're going to click. And it doesn't matter who we play. If they click, we're going to score three or four against anybody because they're that good. Now, look, I'm not going to turn around and say I think we're going to put three or four past Chelsea. I don't think that'll be the case. But I do think we'll be smart a little bit from the defeat in midweek. And I know it's different personnel. But, you know, this is a collective group of players with great team spirits in the Liverpool dressing room. And Jürgen Klopp is instilled that into them all. And I just think that we'll have that little bit of fire in our bellies a little bit more than you normally would do, just purely because we've got out of a competition, a cup competition to them. 
And like I said, I'm I'm very confident in any game of football Liverpool go into now because we're more assured at the back, you know, Virgil van Dijk is, is fantastic. You know, the goalkeeper, I know he made that mistake against Leicester, but he's just so much better than anything we've had for such a long time now. And and as I said before as well, the fullbacks are massively important to the way we play, the shape of the team, because, you know, they, they enable us to... It's not just about the front three, because they need the supply, and the fullbacks give them that supply, and it enables the midfield players then to do the legwork. Now, it will be tough in the middle of the park, as I touched up on before. Yeah. Kante is fantastic. Jorginho keeps the ball really well. I'm not sure who else they'll have in there, whether it's Kovacic or not sure. I mean, if I was Sarri, I'd play Fabregas again, because I thought he was brilliant, especially in the first half against Liverpool at Anfield, or on you know, the Caribbean Cup. So, I think on that basis, he should start for them. But, you know, I hope he doesn't, because you'd have two then in midfield. You wouldn't be able to get the ball off Jorginho and Fabregas, so... You would have in the field supremacy like they did the other night, but I just think with Brian Alden, the introduction of him, it is interesting to see who else the other two that he plays in there. But, but like I say, I just feel confident in every game of football you play, and I draw probably be a decent result, but I, I genuinely believe we can go to Stamford Bridge and win. And I just think that little bit of added spice to it now because maybe we feel a little bit of injustice really losing the game in midweek just purely because the referee was a joke and if we get a fair referee I think it's Andre Madden who's going to referee the game isn't he if he lets yeah. the game flow and he's fair that's all we ask for just to be you know, give, like, the correct decisions I've got a feeling we can do it so I'm going to go for my favourite scoreline once again and I'll go for a little bit of 2-1 victory 2-1 <laughs> victory for you Jay yeah um, similar thoughts for me as well I sort of sticking out to myself as well like you say every game that we go into now there, there isn't there isn't that fear factor anymore you're not you're not fearing for this Liverpool side because that well drilled at, at the defence is, is pretty solid now with, with the with Alisson behind them as well they're not they're not worried about having to look after um, yeah. Boris Carrius as well are they this season so that, that's a that's a massive benefit I think they can they can concentrate on their own games basically. Um, midfield's been strong and in the front three, um they like you say, they, they haven't clicked as of yet and what once they do it, it's it's gonna be um a frightening thought for any of the, the opposition that they, they do come up against. But yeah, it, it's um it's something I'd agree with. I will I'm gonna go for another uh, two one look a pure victory as well. I think it'll be a, a close game. Um, I think we need to keep Hazard quiet and uh, hopefully we can um, get a couple of goals in at the other end. So two one for me as well. Right, uh, just before we go then, um, Nini and uh, Jay's going to introduce the band that's uh, been in touch with us on Twitter. We should have played them in the in the last podcast actually, but uh, unfortunately Dave, um, who was recording from from Brazil, didn't um, he had a few issues over there, so he he, he couldn't um, record the podcast. So we're going to get them on this week's. Um, this week's show, which uh, should do better anyway, because it's obviously the big game against Chelsea. So yeah. the, the band we're going to play for you tonight are called Zadium. Uh, you can catch them on Twitter. Their, their name on Twitter is at, it's spelled X-A-D-I-U-M, um, pronounced Zadium. Uh, their EP is out at the moment. It's called Overshadows. You can listen to them on Spotify and iTunes. I'll put the... Um, I'll put the link to their music up on, on the cop table uh, Twitter account once once it's all out. They've also got a website, zadium.bandcamp.com. They're based down in Malmesbury in um, 
in the south the east of England, I think it is, uh, down Swindon ways, and one of the guys in the band and a few of the family members of the band that are big Liverpool fans, uh, I think it's James who's, who's asked us to give him a mention. So, thanks very much to Nini and Jay for joining us on our Chelsea Liverpool preview podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show, lads. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I was really looking forward to it. And if you want me on again for the game afterwards, then yeah, just let me know. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Um, it'll be a pleasure to have you on again. And thanks for you, Jay. Hey. Yeah, cheers, lads. Good podcast. And, uh, you know, enjoy the game. Make the best team win. Hopefully, the team in red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. So that's the cup <laughs> table preview of the Chelsea versus Liverpool game coming this weekend. We'll be back with our Manchester City preview as our next uh, Premier League game. So we'll be back with our friend Joe Doherty on that one. So thanks everybody for listening and we will uh, speak to you all very soon. Goodbye. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Sports Social Podcast Network.